Is it time for Utah to panic about the state of the Pac-12? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. This is your first time listening to our show. Make sure you guys like and subscribe. We'd love to interact with you guys in the comments as well. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're going to be diving into the state of the Pac-12 right now if Utah needs to leave. Also, talk about fall camp, which gets underway today, and even close with Utah landing a four-star offensive lineman. That's how you know our show show us back today we are closing with utah landing a four-star offensive lineman when you land four stars you usually don't close the show with that but there's a lot going on and we have to start with the state of the pac-12 overall and utah's place in it because that's what you guys are most interested i mean first of all i cannot thank you guys enough for your support on the episode i put out most recently and as at the time i'm recording this five thousand and eight hundred views that last episode i've put out for my first ever saturday show so first of all really appreciate all you guys who supported um it's one of the most viewed videos i've ever had it's by far the most commented we've ever had since i've taken over the show and i can understand why because there's obviously a lot of disagreement to the comments that i stated and there's a lot of comments in the comments as i mentioned because of that disagreement that exists so what i want to do here for the first segment is well first of all just answering the question is it time for utah to panic about the state of the pac-12 in my opinion no as a lot of you know who listened to this on saturday i i voice similar concerns in my opinion it's not time to panic just yet because no one else is panicking well yes obviously the big elephant in the room to that is colorado just left the conference yes colorado left but no one else is panicking if the pac-12 was truly falling apart other teams would be leaving right now. We would have heard with Colorado leaving because let's be honest, the way the rumblings and everything work. I just have a hard, hard time believing like that Arizona, Arizona state didn't know about this. Maybe they did. This is what makes all of this so complicated. We're not in the rooms. We don't know what's truly going on. But once again, Arizona, both the Arizona schools are here, still here. Oregon and Washington are still here. The PAC 12 is not dead right now. There are a lot of you who make very valid arguments. It's dying at the moment. Anytime you lose a school, like a Colorado, not that it was a powerhouse in the Pac-12 by any stretch of the means, but anytime you have schools leaving your conference, that's not a good sign. But once again, the Pac-12 is not dead yet. And as I said, I just don't think it's time to panic because there's still lots of strong teams in the Pac-12. If we're comparing Pac-12 teams versus recent success, the Utah, Oregon, Washington after last year to Big 12 team success, obviously TCU, what they did, but we know how down people are on TCU this coming season in general. The Pac-12 teams for just like what they are viewed as right now are not perceived like worse than the Big 12 teams. It's just the Big 12 has a media rights deal done. That is the difference in all of this overall. And once again, as for the reasons I don't want to leave the Pac-12, and I, like I said, I don't feel like it's time to panic because no other schools are panicking at the moment. And I know a lot of you make a good point, right? If you stay on the ship too long, you could end up going down with it. You very well could. But if you do stay on this ship, eventually, even when, when that seems to be sinking, you could just ride the, the bad waves, basically, the bad momentum, and then you end up in a decent position. That is what Utah could still have happen to them. So let's dive into the questions that you guys – and how we're going to do this is I picked the comments that were the most liked because I figured that's the one you guys agreed with the most and we're also the most interested in that. So this is the first one comes from Mr. Jahara1018. As a Big 12 fan, I legit have a lot of respect for Utah football. The vibe I get from Utah and its fans is that they are very opposed to the move to the Big 12. I don't get it. I can't wrap my head around it. First of all, 
I, I am not opposed to a move in the Big 12 in terms of this disrespectful Noma that has come around. Like it is perceived as worse to be in the Big 12 than the Pac-12. That's not how I feel about it. Here's how I feel about it. I, I look at the Big 12 and Pac-12 in terms of football. I'm like, those are not SEC just in terms of what they've, they've done football success-wise, that's not SEC, that's not Big Ten, but they're in a similar playing field. Now, I will give the Big 12 credit, right? They had an, a team like an Oklahoma and TCU make the college football playoff. Pac-12 hasn't done that in a couple of years now, right? But we look at, like, last year, how much success those Pac-12 teams have had. That's where I look at the success in similar standpoints of, like, okay, the Pac-12 is in a really good position right now football-wise. The Pac-12 and the Big 12, I think everyone would be shocked if – I know people are higher on Texas – if, and people are obviously high on USC, but the schedule for all Pac-12 teams, I would just be surprised if either conference had a playoff team this year, right? And that's going to change when the expanded playoff comes into fruition. And the expanded playoff is still the other main reason I don't – is the main – honestly, the reason I, I don't want to leave the Pac-12 at this moment is I believe it's better for Utah's future if they get that automatic bid in the Pac-12 where you are – if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Utah is already a prominent force in the Pac-12. If you move over to the Big 12, there's a lot of new things that can happen to you there. It just doesn't all the same recruiting areas, all those kind of things, different climates you're playing in. You're not used to going to, especially those summer games, um, excuse me, those like September games before it really gets cool out in those Texas cities and everything. Those are going to be tough to play. And we're going to see how Utah does at Baylor. We saw Utah not too great in Florida, different little bit of a climate, obviously that they're going to be going in, but with the majority of the big 12 schools, but still overall, that's why I still just like the easy access of winning the PAC 12 staying prominent. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Utah in terms of their on-field success in the PAC 12 is not broken. Therefore I want them to stay. If it's going to be a viable option, which once again, I still think it very much can be. Hence the reason we haven't seen other schools start to panic and look at other options. I know there's a lot of noise about other ACC schools. I looked up and saw some stuff today. Just like the Colorado stuff, I will believe it when I see it. I was wrong on Colorado, but I was also right for months about Colorado, right? Like I'm not, this isn't me tooting my horn. I'm just saying I said Colorado wasn't going to move a couple months ago. I was right, and then I was wrong. So I'm going to continue to think those other schools aren't going to change uh, until I'm proven wrong because when we first heard all the original noise about Colorado leaving, took a lot more months till it actually happened. And I think the same thing will happen with some of these ACC schools. If that is what it leads to or any other Pac-12 schools, it's going to be a long time before anything happens, just like it took for the Colorado situation overall. But once again, it's not I, I don't it's not a disrespectful thing, anything like that towards the Big 12. I have a lot of respect for Big 12 football. I just think it's best for Utah to stay in the Pac-12 where they are better set up for success, because why would you break something if it's going well? And uh, the second most liked comment is if Utah cares about its future in athletics and they should join the big 12, there are three spots left. Don't forget Washington and Oregon. Of course, the Titanic is going down. You can rearrange the deck of chairs all you want. If anything can change. And this is, once again, this gets into what I get into. We do not, there's been also rumors that multiple teams want to join the PAC 12, right? The PAC 12 is not in a good spot right now, but it is not a dead conference right now. There are still multiple teams in it, multiple teams set up for success, even with a USC and UCLA leaving. I like the futures of Oregon, Washington, Utah, Arizona, Oregon state's trending in the right direction. I think Arizona state after this season, we'll think about them in the same way. Stanford going to be trending in a better direction as well. So all of these things apply. That's where once again, I just don't think that the Pac-12 is dead yet, and I still think it's a viable option for Utah. And I trust the decision makers, Mark Harlan and President Randall, to make that call, reading the tea leaves, reading the rooms of these meetings they're in, to make that decision. Now, I understand that they're in this position where, like I said, just based on the information we have, it seems like the Pac-12 is in trouble, right? But once again, then I look at it and go, well, they haven't left yet. So there's obviously something we don't know. And we don't know a lot because we're not in the meetings. We're not in the rooms. That's why I think it's important to keep in mind in all this. We do not have all the information. We have rumors and different reports. Sometimes they're accurate. Sometimes they're not. Once again, 
couple months ago, Colorado leaving the Big 12, those reports were not accurate. The ones that recently just came out and said they were, those were then accurate. So lots of moving parts to this entire thing overall. And it's just going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out. I actually have a few more thoughts on this that I want to dive into before we do our fall camp preview. Um, it is exciting to me that we are getting closer and closer to talking about the on the field product, because that is why we love this sport so much, right? Is the purity of the game of football when it's in between the lines. I, I, purity is a strong word, right? There's lots of other stuff that goes on, I guess, but either way, just the love we have for the game of football in general. And that's getting closer with the arrival of fall camp. We are going to talk about fall camp and a little bit more on Utah and their place in the PAC 12 in one moment. But first I want to talk to you guys about our friends at eBay motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guarantee Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right part are guaranteed so get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions do apply so once again head over to ebay motors to get a great selection of car parts that you guys need today all righty coming back into this one Next thing I do want to talk about is fall camp. But first, we really quick, I do want to wrap up with these last two comments. The other first one says, I would jump now. Um, this is what Roger Martinez, 8606, says. I would jump now if the big doesn't want Oregon and Washington. Utah might get left behind. One bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. I am not actually familiar with that phrase. So um, you guys can clown on me in the comments for, uh, I'm sure it means something, which is like having something guaranteed versus not. Which, once again, this is the other part I forgot to bring up earlier. Um, cause some, I saw some people in the comments saying, are we sure the big 12 even wants Utah? No, we're not sure. We heard a while ago, there were some reports the big 12 wants the four corner schools, right? That's what we heard. But then we also hear reports that you, the big 12 doesn't want Utah. Like there's so much noise and stuff out there, but that's still where if I'm Utah, I just still think they should wait and try to make it work in the PAC 12 because they're setting themselves up better for future success. And I still don't think the PAC 12 is going to die. As I mentioned, I still think there's prominent teams in here. There's other teams from the mountain West and other conferences that want to be a part of it. Maybe long-term losing Colorado will really hurt Colorado. And like the like I said, this year would be different because the arrival of Deion Sanders, but just in terms of what the Colorado brand is, is not a crushing blow in terms of it can be replaced over time. Because also once Deion leaves Colorado, what I think is going to happen, they could fall back down into purgatory. It's just the fact of the situation. I hope it doesn't. I want the buffs to be good. I really do. I wish that rivalry with Utah was a lot better, but the truth of the matter is I think Utah was two, it was 10 and two in games against the Buffalo. So they, Tried to make that rivalry a thing. Never really happened. And the final comment we should get to here is, um, once again, someone said the problem with your analysis is you are assuming there is a legit media deal to be had. There is a finite amount of space on national broadcast networks. That space is now gone. I do not believe that is completely true. We have heard multiple reports and rumors that, and once again, this is what all we're talking about, reports and rumors go hand in hand with all of this stuff because no one truly knows what's going on. Everyone who's reported on this at one point or another, I feel like, has pretty much been wrong, except for those that have kind of just waited to react to everything that's happened. But just going back to all the the slots are gone. Well, first of all, we've seen new partners pop up in the game, right? We just saw the CW get into it with the ACC. We could see streaming networks get into this. And those late night spots, everything we've heard is that ESPN really likes that Pac-12 after dark still. And it makes sense, right? You get that 7 o'clock game between Clemson and 
um, let's say Florida State, because they should be better this season, right? So Clemson and Florida State. And then after that, if you could roll right into a Utah and an Oregon that gets started at like 8 or 8.30, that's where like the college football psychos love that on the East Coast. And then obviously for people in the Central Time Zone, uh, Mountain Time Zone, and then the West Coast, they're going to eat that up if they're college football fans. They're going to love a matchup between two top 10 to top 15 programs. That's where those games still have values, and networks are still going to want those games. Those are still the rumors we've heard. So there are still spots available. I don't believe that it's something like all of them are gone. Now, there are networks like we haven't heard much about Fox, right? I think Fox and NBC, CBS, I do think they're good, and they're not going like Utah and the Pac 12 are not going to end up having their games on there but there are still slots to be had so i do disagree with that comment there and we're going to continue to talk media right stuff because this is what everyone wants to know about right people are scared worried anxious right now and i understand it because whenever you have someone leave and you have people like paul feinbaum who i went over i still think it's just a crazy comment to say the pac-12 is not a power five conference anymore when you lose a team that had losing records at, at best was 500 against two teams and then had losing records against everyone else so that to me doesn't constitute, I understand just the concept of a team leaving your conference can be enough to equate to a conference is not power five anymore. But when you just look at the team that left and like the other, how strong the other, some of the other teams are in there, even with the UCLA and USC leaving, I still think this conference will still be considered a power five conference because all of the teams in it are capable of beating other teams in other power five conferences. So that's why I just, I don't like that statement. By fine bomb, but uh, what else is new? He's always making people mad, right? That's where uh, even Lane Kiffin was like, he made Nick Saban mad. And now he's going to take it on in the SEC again. So uh, either way, uh, it's going to be interesting to continue to talk th all things realignment. But one thing, once again, I'm just really excited to be talking about fall camp because that means we're that much closer to football. In fact, by the time this episode drops, it took me way too long to mention this. We're a month out from the first Utah football game. That's right. It's July 31st. A month from now is August 31st, which means Utah versus Florida. We're going to have a ton of fun content coming up for that. So make sure you guys like and subscribe and uh, we'll have all that rolling out. But let's talk about fall camp, right? I don't know about you guys. I got a lot of questions heading into fall camp that I'm excited to hear answered. So I'm going to rattle through my 10 biggest questions I want to have answered in fall camp. But kind of this week, honestly, I think a lot of these can be answered this week because it's not what is the final five starting offensive line look like? It's not who are your three defensive backs that are going to be out there the first plays or just the ones that are beginning the most snaps. I just want to have updates in here where kind of the state of things are at the moment. So the very first thing I do want to hear is a Cam Rising Health update. And if any other players are nursing injuries, now Coach Wade isn't really one to divulge the type or excuse me he's not going to divulge the type of injury it is but i do think what he will do is say so and so isn't practicing right now because of this like he gave the media with telling them that nate ritchie wasn't practicing so i do think we could get stuff like that potentially but i just want to hear how cam's going i'm not sure if cam will be available to speak to with the media but i do think coach Witt will well, coach Witt will that's not even a if like but coach Witt will obviously this week be asked about cam's health and i'm curious to see the answer he gives I, I assume it will be the typical like oh he's on the right timeline he's making progress but i'm curious to see like what he's done in practice we've seen videos of him throwing we've seen videos of him jumping off a diving board so i expect him to still be throwing in practice a little bit but i just want to hear that from coach Witt. what's cam doing how's his health what's the progress look like a week and a half since we heard from you at pac-12 media day Moving on to the next one, I do want to know how the offensive line is looking overall. Once again, we're not going to get the starting offensive line, but I just want to know how it's looking. How is Falcon Kalmatule doing if someone gets that specific? They probably won't with Coach Witt, but you know, if you get the chance to talk to Jim Harding as well, maybe that's something he'll allude to a little bit too because that's still my biggest question is how is that left tackle spot going to look because you're replacing a guy in Brain Daniels who was just exceptional there last season. So I do want to know how the O-line is looking 
Also love hearing like, who are the young players that stood out as in like the new guys, like the Smith Snowdens, the CJ blockers, who are the guys that are popping early in the first week of practice Does Spencer Fano, uh, Mikey Matthews. I'm sure the early enrollees are going to be looking fantastic, but there's just so many guys in this young, the best recruiting class Utah's ever brought in, right? There's so many guys that I'm excited to hear how they've done in the off season and then how they look the first couple of days of fall camp. Also, I do want to know just out, not even just the young players who stood out in the first day. Is it just a guy like, man, Junior Tafuna, Samote Peppa, like this gotten even better? Are we going to hear like Chase Kennedy's a guy like you just got to watch out for him across the edge? Is Brant Keithy's healthy and he is just terrorizing everyone out there or Devon Vele, something like that. Just who are some of the returners that stood out also? And uh, another thing I do want to know is just kind of what the state of the secondary is in terms of we, we know that there's a lot of capable bodies back there to not replace Clark Phillips, but still be valuable contributors to a sec, a PAC 12 secondary and a, a secondary. I still expect to be the best in the PAC 12 too. want to hear how those guys look and the name specifically mentioned is Zamaya Vaughn. Like the, I don't know if coach what would say the best guy, but is he going to say like Zamaya Vaughn is and JT Broughton just are looking incredible right now. I'm more excited about a, uh, a Fabian Marks or whoever else might get brought up in that conversation I already mentioned. And obviously miles battle is another one and miles battle actually leads us to the next question I have the art, which transfers are making an impact early is Leah. Like they might say like, man, Leah on, even after one or two practices, coach Witt might be like Leah Vani Mooney, like that, that guy right there. Like he might get that, not divulge to somebody might just get that smile talking about a little bit, like how excited he is about him. Um, we already know about Cole Becker. He was an early enrollee, but getting guys like Pittman up there, Simmons officially up there on the, at those two receivers, what do they kind of look like? Like what kind of impact are they making? Um, and another guy like a Logan Fano, how, how explosive is he looking coming off the ACL surgery and everything he had? So those kind of transfers, just who's kind of making that uh, impact overall. Also, who stepped up and leading the defense? We heard that Cole Bishop has stepped up from Pac-12 Media Day, but is Junior Tafuna, who was already one of the leaders I felt like last year, is he taking another step? Has like a Licky Vaimahi maybe um, become more of a leader? He seems more like a lead by example guy, but like I said, those are just things you never know. Is a Karene Reed become more of a leader? Is someone like Sione Vaki really stepping up too? So who are the other leaders of the defense I think are interesting? Um, oh, this is one I probably should have mentioned even earlier. Is the quarterback depth chart still the same? Is it still Brandon Rose has a slight edge, then Bryson Barnes, then Nate Johnson? Or is it something like, is he just not going to say that? Is he going to say like, well, we're reevaluating things like, like is he just going to give us like hey brandon's still probably getting the most then bryson and nate's in there too or is he going to say like it's actually really close like we're still trying to figure it out i don't know is he going to stay firm in what he said to the spring or if things change a little bit maybe just off-season workouts and uh and maybe even after the first day maybe it was something where brandon's first team he struggles a little bit bryson's in there i expect at this point brandon to be the guy if cam can't go but Still something interesting I want to hear, definitely, because just rare for a guy like a Brand- Bryson Barnes. I tell multiple people who aren't like in the Utah media who just are curious, of, like who will check uh, just Pac-12 media members who will check in about Utah. I tell them all the time, like, yeah, Brandon Rose is the start of Camp Can't Go, and they're always shocked I don't say Bryson Barnes. So that's where just how rare the situation is that you still have a quarterback who has started games for you on the roster, and you're rolling with the guy who's never started a college game. That's what makes the situation interesting, but I do still think it'll be Brandon based on how things played out in the spring. Also, I want to hear about the pass rush. I do. I am curious to see. I already mentioned to Chase Kennedy, a Logan Fano is a Connor O'Toole looking even more explosive. A lot of people's um, breakout candidate for this season. I think a lot of people were into him last year, but just his second year in the position, the transition, all of that, that he's been able to make. I think he could really pop this year too. Um, Van Fillinger, how's his health at too? And uh, Jonah Ellis, is he going to be able to pick up where he left off from the start of the season? Something that Van Fillinger, who ended 2021 hop, didn't start 2022 hot. How's Jonah Ellis going to look? in that regard. And the final thing I want to hear about is what does Witt think of Colorado leaving? I'm sure in a lot of ways he will just shoot it down and say like, we're just concerned about our team, but 
sometimes he gets really good thoughts. I thought Josh Newman made a great point on my podcast um, or just on, on the show last week when he said that Wits gives you some of the best stuff when he's not talking about his program. Because when he's talking about his program, it's going to be reserved, doesn't want to give you a lot, all of those things. But when he's talking about other programs, he can be just a state of college football. He can be more open. Now, once again, it's fall camp. I don't know how much he's going to give, but I am very curious just to see what his kind of like quote or statement is going to be on Colorado leaving because he will be asked that. So it's going to be very interesting. So those are my 10 kind of big questions I want to see answered this week. What are your guys' questions? I would love to hear. Make sure you guys comment below. Let me know. Very curious to see what those are. And I do want to close with one quick thing. We're going to dive a lot more in Isaiah Garcia, what he'll bring to the team and everything in a future episode of Locked On Utes. But anytime you land a four-star offensive lineman, even a show that's loaded with other stuff that we had to talk about like this one, you got to still bring it up. This was a huge get for, for Utah that, excuse me, that Garcia, the top rated prospect in Utah, according to 24 seven sports, a four-star offensive lineman, um, a corner Canyon offensive lineman. Now originally at Cypress um, comes over to Utah and Garcia, like I said, six, five, two eighty five. I mean, he's unbelievable. If it wasn't for just the value of the quarterback position, like I just don't know how many people know that Isaiah Garcia is, is was the top guy in 24-7 instead of Wilson. I think people think it's Wilson, not just because of the name Wilson, but because of the quarterback position, right? And I think Wilson's very deserving of that top spot too. But Garcia's tremendous. I mean, he's a guy who had an offer from Alabama. I mean, Alabama, Oregon, um, just, just the top programs in the country wanted this guy, and he chose Utah, and that's just tremendous. It shows just Jim Harding once again, who I think tweeted out something about like the old block or something. Garcia even retweeted it, which you'd love to see. But this is just this is a monster get. If you are a fan of Utah high school football or just in the future Utah football, which you obviously are if you're listening to this podcast, um, Spencer Fano, Isaiah Garcia were arguably the two best tackles in the state last year. And Isaac, and Isaac Wilson was one of the well, arguably the best quarterback in Utah last year, too. All three of those guys are up at Utah, and all three of them will be playing together for at least two seasons, unless Fano and unless Fano is just so remarkable. He's a three-year guy. He's a two-year guy in college before he's off to the NFL, which is possible. He's got the tools and the traits to potentially do that. But that's just such an exciting thing for this Utah football program. And once again, just speaks to the evolution of it as well. That you're able to land four-star recruits that are wanted by his top three was Oregon, Stanford. Back in the day, even then, Utah wasn't beating out Stanford, right? And we know how like well the the Cardinal have recruited in the past, but I mentioned the Alabama, just so many potent and just impressive programs and Utah was able to beat them out. And I think that's a huge forget for Utah. This is an outstanding offensive lineman. We're going to break down his game a little bit more in the week, but it's just a great day to be at you when you can land a guy like this, even in all the craziness and unsureness that is conference realignment um, to get fall camp starting. And to know that Isaiah Garcia is going to be coming up to the Hill and joining the Utah football program. Pretty fantastic, if you ask me. So that's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes. We'll be reacting to everything that comes out from fall camp on tomorrow's episode. How did it go? Um, just other stuff that we're looking to see. And, of course, we're not done talking conference realignment because I know a lot of you are still trying to figure out and very curious about what Utah is going to do because I'm curious as well. And there's a lot to discuss in that, too. If you guys do want more conference realignment, make sure you guys head over and check out the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. Spencer McLaughlin does a great job. If you're curious what the other Locked On hosts are kind of thinking, too, just about this whole situation, we got tons of content for you here at the Locked On Network. But, of course, we always appreciate you making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. And really quick, thank you guys again for making Saturday's episode a huge success. It was the first Saturday episode I'd done, and uh, I know it wasn't because of it was put out on a Saturday. It was because of how timely the, the topic was of Colorado and uh, – and them leaving and everything, but I still just greatly appreciate you guys' support so much on this show. 
as I uh, enter my second year covering this Utah football program with the Lockdown Network. I'm really excited to do it and can't thank you guys again enough for your support. So that's going to do it for today's episode, but we'll see you tomorrow. Have a great Monday.